on your ways, front way, back way You know that I don't play Streets not safe, but I never run away Even when I'm away OT, OT, there's never much love when we go OT I pray to make it back in one piece I pray, I pray That's why I need a one dance Got a Hennessy in my hand One more time before I go Higher powers taking a hold on me I need a one dance Got a Hennessy in my hand One more time before I go Higher powers taking a hold on me Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls Episode 91 in total of the PTV Sports Podcast I cannot believe it uh, closing in on 100, I just, I want to, you know, preface this podcast with just a couple of quick announcements, I guess, if that's what you want to say. Um, episode 100 is surely on the horizon very soon. I have a very special guest lined up for 100, whenever that may be. He is available at every time, so... Whenever 100 will roll around, he will definitely be down to do it. So I'm really looking forward to episode 100. I'm going to make it, uh, yes, there will be sports talked, but it's also just going to be about life in general, reminiscing on 100 episodes. I know it sounds so cheesy, but I think it's a great accomplishment because, you know, everyone has a podcast nowadays, but how, how often do they just quit after a few episodes and when it you know you don't see automatic success so i think that 100 episodes is a crazy mark uh in the amount of time i was able to do it as well is pretty crazy i mean ever since season 3 has rolled around the episodes have been flying out i don't even remember when the first episode of season 3 was but i could tell you that it definitely wasn't 34 weeks ago so we're definitely rolling at more than a podcast per week and that's exactly what I wanted when I did the whole rebrand and and all that so let me take a look actually season three started July 8th so from July 8th to October excuse me wow October to almost four months later right July yeah that's how math works yeah so almost four months later, and we're sitting on 33, this is the 34th episode of season three, so way more than one per week. So that makes me happy. Uh, I love putting the content out there. And also, I got to shout out my listeners in uh, Afghanistan. Yeah, you heard that right. And Saudi, and not Saudi Arabia, excuse me. I got to shout out my listeners in Pakistan and United Arab Emirates, because I got a random email this past week telling me that my podcast over the past month in in Pakistan is the sixth highest ranked podcast in the sports category from listeners. So that <laughs> that's pretty cool, I guess. So thank you for listening over there in Pakistan. I'm, I'm pretty sure there might only be six podcasts in Pakistan. So just the fact that I made the rankings is great. And then same thing in United Arab Emirates, except I am 40, 44th, I think, in in the sports podcast ranking over there. So shout out, you guys. Clearly have been listening a lot more than other countries that go up on my pie chart of countries that listen. So thanks, guys. I really appreciate it if you're listening right now. And uh, <laughs> that's really cool, honestly. It's something that I never, never thought of, but it's cool to see things like that. Uh, in terms of content... 
I recorded my Yankees off-season plan video yesterday. It's being edited by yours truly as we speak. Well, not as we speak, but as soon as I'm done putting up this podcast, I'm going right back to work on it. It's probably one of my best quality videos to date, so uh, I don't want to rob you of the opportunity to watch it in video form. So obviously video form will be available on YouTube. I highly suggest watching it on YouTube because there are graphics and there are stats that come across the screen that really drive home the point that I'm talking about at that current time in the video. So please make your way over to YouTube to watch that if you are listening right now. Uh, It will be up today is November 4th, Thursday, 10 o'clock in the morning. This will be ready to go by 12 o'clock tomorrow. So Look out for it anytime past 12 o'clock tomorrow. It will be out and available for your consumption. And now getting down to really the nitty-gritty of what we're here for today. Obviously, you know what it is. It is week nine, NFL Pick'em. And uh, week eight was rough. It was the only week that I've done Pick'em for two years now. Not on the podcast, just in general. And this was the first week that I ever had that I was under 500. So there were 15 games, and I actually went 7-8 and eight with my picks last week. Uh, it, it was definitely a rough week, but there was also a lot of results that we wouldn't expect happening. So I'm not really going to take it too hard. I moved down one game, so uh, let me pull up my Pick'em right here. Check out the record, and then we'll move forward. After that, come on, load. And there we go. Beautiful. You got to love technology. Oh, uh, let's see. We are sitting at... Um, Let me do some math real quick because... <laughs> let's see. We are sitting at 81 and 41. So 40 games over 581 and 41. Not a terrible record. Like I said, I I really wanted to build upon that 40-plus games over 500, but hopefully I can do it this week. Um, This week's slate of games really is kind of uninspiring, aside for a couple. I mean, my picks really aren't that wild this week. I think they're very reasonable. But obviously, you're going to go down the list. We're going to start with tonight's game. And of course, everyone knows that tonight's game is particularly interesting to me. It is the New York Jets and the Indianapolis Colts. And you know what? I'm riding high on the Mike White train. This might be a poor take by the time that 24 hours from now, this might be a poor take, but I'm riding with the Mike White train. I think that the Jets themselves played a very good game on Sunday. They beat the number one seed Cincinnati Bengals. Um, You know, they're the only team teams in the NFL this year were 0 and 59 when trailing by 10 or more points with five minutes left in the game. And the Jets became the only team to accomplish that feat of coming back and winning. And I think they're riding high on it. The defense is playing a lot. I mean, yeah, they gave up, what, 31 points, but or 30 points, whatever it was. The Jets' defense is playing a lot better than people think. I've been I've been driving this narrative home the entire season so far. I I think it's gonna I think it's gonna happen again. I mean, really, besides for Michael Pittman in the wide receiver room, the Indianapolis Colts don't have anyone. T. Y. Hilton is out. Paris Hilton is <laughs> I said Paris Hilton. <laughs> I'm in Paris Campbell. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that in there. That was funny. Yeah, Paris Hilton, they signed Paris Hilton off the street uh, to play wide receiver because that's how thin they are at the position. No, Paris Campbell is out for the year with a foot injury. T.Y. Hilton, see, but you can see where I came with that, right? The guy's first name is Paris Hilton. It's Paris. I almost said Paris Hilton again. 
and T.Y. Hilton's last name is Hilton. So I said Paris Hilton. It's sorry. People make mistakes. That was a good one, though. But yeah, besides for Michael Pittman and I guess you could say Mo Ali Cox, the, the tight end or Jack Doyle, it's going to be slim pickings. And, and I've seen some interesting stats. Bryce Hall has held an amazing list of wide receivers to under 50 receiving yards in his career career up until this point. I'm assuming he'll be matched up with Michael Pittman. And then you have Michael Carter, the defensive back, who has been locking up people in pass, in, um, in pass coverage. Uh, I saw PFF put out a stat that he has 208 pass. I, I, I'm drawing a blank on this. 208 pass defensive snaps, I guess you want to say. God, I'm all over the place today. Pass defensive snaps, and he's given up zero touchdowns. So that's pretty remarkable, especially for a rookie and especially for a guy who plays slot cornerback as well, where there's so much more of the field to really cover because you don't know where your wide receiver is going to go. Is he going to cut into the middle? Is he going to go out to the outside? A ton of space to cover. He's done a fantastic job so far. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, Michael Carter, the running back, is really looking like a workhorse for the Jets. And I think he's the key to victory today because he had 100 and I think it was 165 total yards on Sunday. He had nine catches. If the Indianapolis Colts continue to give Mike White the underneath route, he will take it and he will dink and dunk his way until he has to make a big time throw because he's proven that he can make big time throws in the two games that he's played in the one start. Uh, if you would have told me last week, that Mike White making his first NFL start was going to throw for 400 yards, beat the Bengals, win Offensive Player of the Week in the AFC, and then be in the Hall of Fame, I would have said you're absolutely crazy because I think his jersey was put in the Hall of Fame because he was the first person in modern history to complete 37 or more passes for like 400 yards and three touchdowns in his NFL date, in his first NFL start. So congratulations to Mike White. I am picking the Jets. Reluctantly, I'm picking the Jets. I also have a bet out with my friend that not many people know about, but I guess I'll tell you guys. We'll see if this is if this actually will come true or not. But I said that if Mike White throws for over 350 yards and three touchdowns and leads the Jets to a victory, I will get a tattoo of Mike White's name and number on my arm. So uh, I, I was going to say I'm kind of hoping that doesn't come true, but I kind of absolutely am hoping that that comes true because that would mean that the Jets won two games in a row and beat two playoff, quote-unquote, worthy teams in a row in the Bengals and the Colts. And then they have a pretty easy schedule. I, I said it to a lot of people, actually. The Jets have a pretty e – I don't want to say easy because nothing comes easy with the Jets, but the Jets have a pretty simple path to 6-6 six and six after 12 games because if they win tonight – they're probably going to lose next Sunday against the Bills. And then they played the, the Dolphins, the Jaguars, and then the Dolphins again. So that's three games that they could easily win if they go into those three games at three and six. I think there's a good chance they come out six and six and right in the thick of things in the playoffs. So it remains to be seen. I mean, obviously, it's a pipe dream. It's probably not going to happen. The Jets will probably wind up two and ten after all these games. But it's it's definitely nice to be able to, to think about the Jets being in a better situation. So that's all we really ask for as fans. But I'm going to move on to the next game now. I could talk about the Jets and Mike White all day. Uh, moving on to the next game on the slate here, it is the Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> sitting at 5-3 and three after losing to the Jets against the 4-4 four and four Cleveland Browns. And the Browns have just been very up and down this year. Their offense is – it's clear that they're if Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb aren't 
the one-two punch in the backfield. If one of them is injured, then the Browns offense just completely sputters. Baker Mayfield is a great game manager. He's a guy that, you know, can guide you to victory. He can't lead you to victory. I know that that sounds very similar, but you can't put the pressure solely on Baker Mayfield's shoulders and expect him to win you a game. And that was pretty clear against Pittsburgh where they only scored 10 points. Their offense is a bit of a problem. If you really think about it, that's what the second or third time this year that they have scored under 17 points in a game. So not ideal from an offensive juggernaut. Yes, both of their running backs, Kareem Hunt is still on IR and Nick Chubb just came back and he's probably not 100%. But you got to find other ways to win. You can't be one dimensional like that. And Baker Mayfield needs to learn that he has to sometimes win games throwing the football. But I don't, I'm giving really Cleveland no chance in this one. I think Joe Burrow and company are mad about what happened on Sunday. I think that they're embarrassed that they lost to the New York Jets and to Mike White. So I think the Bengals are going to come out guns a-blazing. I mean, they match up. The Bengals match up amazing against the Cleveland Browns in terms of personnel. I think Jamar Chase is going to have a field day. I think C.J. Ozama in the middle of the field is going to be an X-factor in this game. I don't really give the Browns much chance to win. I'm going to go with the Bengals on this one. Uh, I've been riding the Bengals train basically all year this year, and they haven't let me down too many times. They let me down last week, but who really saw the Jets coming out of nowhere and winning? So I'll let that slide, and I will pick them again because they have a very favorable matchup against the Cleveland Browns. So moving on to the next one that's on the slate. See, like these, some of these games are such trash. Like this one, the Denver, the four and four Denver Broncos against the six and one Dallas Cowboys. Now, even if I'm so confident in the Dallas Cowboys that even if Dak Prescott isn't hundred percent and he can't play again, Cooper Rush actually played extremely well against a, a semi-tough Minnesota Vikings defense last week. He had 325 yards and, and two, two or three touchdowns. I don't really remember. I think it was two. But he played really well, and then this Denver Broncos secondary is not what we thought it was going to be. They gave up hella yards to halfway decent offenses. Uh, I mean, and look at their four wins this year. I mean, the the Broncos could, uh, the Broncos are the most faint four and four team ever. Their four victories have come off of the Washington Football Team, the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Jets. And then their four losses are are against teams that are leaps and bounds more impressive than those four teams. So. Anytime that they face adversity and they come up against a team that is halfway decent, they sputter. They don't know what to do. And that's exactly what's going to happen here, in my opinion, against the Dallas Cowboys. I think I think Dak Prescott does play, but if he doesn't, I don't really see them having any problem. They're, the Denver Broncos' rush defense is pretty bad, and you have Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard in the backfield. That's a two-headed monster that you don't want to see on a day when both of them are right. And then they just they just line up. Same thing with the Browns and, and the Bengals. They just line up better against the personnel. You know, who's covering Blake Jarwin? Who's covering Dalton Schultz? You know, like who's who they have no middle linebacker that can that can cover Dalton Schultz. So I think Dalton Dalton Schultz will be a great start in fantasy this week. Just a little tip on that one. But yeah, I'm gonna go with the Cowboys, and I don't think that there would be any backlash to that pick. Then moving on to the worst matchup of the week is the <laughs> it's the Houston Texans against the both teams are one and seven, the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins. And I'm gonna go with the Dolphins because just if it's not garbage time, the Houston Texans are not scoring points. I mean they have been ugly this year. It's been bad. 
Like, if you look back, they took the worst loss of this. Yeah, I know the Jets gave up 54 points against the Patriots, but the Houston Texans lost to the Bills 40 to nothing and basically had like 25 passing yards. Last week, they were down 38 to nothing before they scored 22 points in garbage time. Uh, they got thoroughly dominated by the Arizona Cardinals as well. Like, any team that they come up against, they're just getting thoroughly dominated for three and a half quarters until the defensive coordinator says, all right, I feel bad for them. Let's at least let them complete a couple passes. So I think that the Miami Dolphins have played pretty well over the last couple weeks. I think Tua Tagovailoa has played well uh, as well. He played really well against the Atlanta Falcons, and he played halfway decent. Uh, his numbers don't show it, but that's a really stout Buffalo Bills defense. He played okay against them, too. He kept the Miami Dolphins in that game for a long time before uh, Buffalo eventually started to pull away. Yeah, there's no argument here. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. It's just the Houston Texans are, in my opinion, even though they have one win, they are the worst team in football. They just cannot move the ball at all to save their life in in anything other than garbage time. So until they start actually moving the ball when it counts, I can't see the Houston Texans winning any other football game this year. So I'm going to go with the Dolphins on that. Uh, moving on, the next game is the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. And this is actually a tough one for me because you guys know that I've been uh, on on the Atlanta Falcons bandwagon. Last, last week was an absolute um, – it was a disappointment, to put it lightly. Uh, you know, I guess the, the Panthers' defense is legit. I don't know, but – you know, Calvin Ridley going through mental health issues right now is not only detri detrimental to him and his playing career, but it's also detrimental to the Atlanta Falcons. They are now missing a number one wide receiver, and I'm not saying that it's not important. I think that anyone who persecutes Calvin Ridley for stepping away from football during this time in his life is ridiculous. That's so silly. The He needs... Yeah, you know, you could be – I hate the argument that these people make millions of dollars and, and all they are are pro athletes. You have no idea what people are going through. And the fact that you can make such an arbitrary argument as to say, oh, he's a millionaire, he should be happy. That's so stupid. You have no idea what's going on in that person's head or that person's mind. So it doesn't matter how rich you are, how poor you are, how, I don't know, well-endowed you are, how handsome you are, how pretty you are, beautiful, whatever it may be. People go through different – struggles every single day. So the fact that Calvin Ridley was man enough to come out and say, look, I'm not okay. I have to step away from football. Kudos to you, sir. I hope you get better and I hope you come back soon. But getting back to the game itself, the New Orleans, the New Orleans, it's, I don't know who's going to start this week. Is it Trevor Simeon? Is it Taysom Hill? But all I know is every time, <coughs> pardon me, every time that Taysom Hill comes up against the Atlanta Falcons, he scores like two rushing touchdowns. So if I were the Saints on Sean Payton, I would start Taysom Hill. He's always been a nightmare for the Atlanta Falcons. And Trevor Simeon actually played well against the tough Bucks defense, and he led the Saints to a surprise win over the Bucks. So, oh, I needed that. So, I'm going to go with the, the Saints just because with the uncertainty at quarterback, sometimes that's really tough for the defense. Like if you prepare all week for Trevor Simeon and then Taysom Hill comes out for the first 15 snaps. I know you have to prepare for that, but that's also impossible to prepare for. Like Taysom Hill is such a Swiss army knife and he's been pretty quiet this year in terms of, you know, highlight plays or playing special teams, tight end, you know, running back, quarterback, wide receiver, you know, offensive coordinator. 
whatever. He he has been quiet. I expect him to have a big game. And I I expect him to have a couple rushing touchdowns. And I expect Trevor Simeon to get the job done against this pretty limp Atlanta Falcons defense. So I'm going to go with the Saints on that one. And then moving on to my, well, I mean, I guess you could say the Jets are an upset pick of the week. But I'm going to go in this game. The Las Vegas Raiders are playing the New York Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants in this one. And the reason why is the absolute... You know, I I hate to get serious in this episode for the second time within the last five minutes. But, you know, with the super serious, super tragic Henry Rugg situation, uh, I'm not going to get into it. If you don't know by now, just look it up. The details are absolutely horrific and it's just a tragedy all across the board. Um, With the Las Vegas Raiders being in the bad press, quote unquote, for the second time in the past month, they got away with it last time. I said that the Las Vegas, anytime a team faces adversity throughout the week and something bad happens to them or their coach gets fired for a bad reason, they usually come up and win. But I just, you know, the way that the, I know the Kansas City Chiefs aren't right, but the way that the Giants played against the Chiefs last week makes me believe that they are more of a challenge than any other 2-6 and six team in the NFL. I think the Giants, if the Giants can get a little bit healthy over this week, if they can maybe get back Kenny Galladay, you know, Sterling Shepard stop, stops being made out of glass bones and paper skin, and Kadarius Toney will, will play fully healthy, I think they have a legitimate shot against the Raiders. Now the Raiders are down their deep threat, so now you could really just focus up on Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller if he plays this week. I think that the Giants have a legitimate chance. I'm going to go with the Giants. So that'll be my second upset pick. I think this is the first time all year that I have the Jets and Giants winning a football game together. So you know, I guess you guys are doing good things. Uh, I guess they're both too. Well, the Jets are two and five, right? The Jets are two and five. Yeah. And the Giants are two and six. So they might have the same record after, after tonight. Who knows? But yeah, that's pretty short and sweet. I mean, every time I, I probably have the worst record against the Raiders because I picked them to lose every single week and they're five and two. But I really do think that the Giants have a legitimate shot at beating this team. If the Miami Dolphins gave the Las Vegas Raiders at home a real problem and they had to eke it out in overtime, I think the New New York Giants could easily come away with a victory against the Raiders. Moving on to another intriguing game, and this feels like a trap game to me, in my opinion. It's the 4-4 New England Patriots against the 4-4 Carolina Panthers. I was going to say both teams are too inconsistent to really pick a true winner, but over the last few weeks, the New England Patriots have really have really found their niche, especially with Mac Jones. Like, let's run the ball down the opposing team's throat and then let Mac Jones just kind of dink and dunk his way, and it's been working. So I think they're coming off of a huge victory against the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, and the Carolina Panthers are too inconsistent. They look like absolute dog water one week, and then they look – like dog water the next week, but then they win. The Carolina Panthers haven't put in a good performance since Christian McCaffrey has gone down. And until Christian McCaffrey comes back and comes back fully healthy and is game ready and is in game shape, I don't really trust the Carolina Panthers. I'm going to go with the New England Patriots on this one. Uh, their, their offense is just kind of clicking on all cylinders right now. They know exactly who they are. And once you know who you are offensively in the NFL, that's a huge win. Moving on, oh, this is easy. The new, the Buffalo Bills against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars showed absolutely nothing against the bad Seattle Seahawks secondary last week. So what makes me believe that they're going to show anything more against the, the stout Buffalo Bills defense? So there's not really much to say. Trevor Lawrence 
is definitely struggling to life in the NFL, but then again, he doesn't really have much to work with around him. I think he just has to kind of coast through this year, just really, you know, bite the bullet, whatever happens, happens. And then next year, if they get him more talent around him, they need to get him an offensive tackle. I talked about that in my mock draft, my uh, mid-college football season mock draft last week. I also didn't release the audio on that because the audio was a little fuzzy. I have fixed the audio problems in my videos. Uh, if you guys were worried about that, it, it is fixed and it will be fantastic for this um, Yankees video that is coming out tomorrow. But anyway, getting back to it, uh, I think that they just need a lot more help on the offensive line. Trevor Lawrence is getting sacked way too many, way too many times. Their run game is is basically non-existent. It'll be nice to see. Well, next year they already get a free agent, quote unquote, in uh, Travis Etienne because Etienne wasn't even able to suit up for a game in his rookie season. And then they're right away getting a starting caliber running back. So, you know, I expect I'm already looking towards next year with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I expect them to be better. As long as Trevor Lawrence just doesn't turn the ball over as much this year, I think that he will be fine. Um, yeah, but the Bills are going to run away with this game. The Bills have done what good teams do, and they crush opponents that are not good. Like, they don't let good opponents hang around. Like, the, the closest game against a bad opponent was last week against the Dolphins, and they still won by 15 points. So they are absolutely obliterating bad teams, and I expect them to do that again this week with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I expect that to be the biggest blowout of the week. I think the Buffalo Bills could put up 40 points easy on the Jacksonville Jaguars, 100%. And then moving on to the Baltimore Ravens and the Minnesota Vikings. This is another, it feels like a trap game, but Lamar Jackson coming off of a bye it was playing sensational football. Now you got to hope for one thing for the, for the Baltimore Ravens that maybe that bye week came at a bad time where Lamar Jackson was playing his best football of his career. He looked like he was and is still, I think, the most explosive player in the NFL. Uh, it, it, Hopefully there's no rust that he has to shake off because against a, a pretty tough Minnesota Vikings defense, that could happen. But I, I, I'm going to give Lamar Jackson the benefit of the doubt. I think Lamar will come back and play the same football that he was playing before the bye week. Uh, he's getting players back. He's on the defensive side. They are getting Derek Wolf back and another defensive player. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. I saw the stat the other day. And then on the offensive side of the ball, they're getting back uh, Ben Cleveland, their starting guard, and they're also getting back Sammy Watkins. So a couple offensive reinforcements and Latavius Murray. So a couple offensive reinforcements are coming off of the bye. That is great for Lamar Jackson. It's great for the Baltimore Ravens on both the offensive and defensive side. I'm going to give the Ravens the win. Uh, I picked, did I pick the, I picked the Vikings, right, last week? I picked no, I picked the Cowboys last week. Um, I'm going crazy. But I'm always fringe on the Vikings. Like I, I always get nervous when I pick against them because you don't you never know when Kirk Cousins is gonna is gonna start and he's gonna throw for four hundred yards and three touchdowns. So you never know when that's coming, but I'm pretty confident in the Baltimore Ravens to get the job done. And then moving on to the four o'clock slate, we have the Los Angeles Chargers and the three and five Philadelphia Eagles. Now I'm not as short and to the point with the Philadelphia Eagles as I was in previous weeks because, I mean, yeah, last week they beat a really bad Detroit Lions football team, and I also picked the Detroit Lions to win. And that was probably my worst pick of the year as they got blown out by 38 points. Not my best moment there. But but the Los Angeles, I think this is going to be, first off, I think this is going to be a closer game than people anticipate. J Jalen Hurts kind of matches up 
really well against the Los Angeles Chargers uh, defense. I mean, look at what Lamar Jackson did to the Los Angeles Chargers, and he is a mobile quarterback that could throw the football. So, you know, there's that to consider. But then again, the Los Angeles Chargers have to get back on track. They have to continuously capitalize off of the Kansas City Chiefs' bad play. I know that the I still don't think the Raiders are that good of a team. I know you might guys might call me crazy. They're five and two with the chance to become six and two this week. But they were also six and three last year, and then they wound up what eight and eight or nine and seven, whatever it was. So you know what? They could collapse at any moment. But I I still think the Chargers have the most talented roster up and down of anyone in the AFC West. I think that the Chargers and Justin Herbert need to get Mike Williams more involved in the game. He only caught one he only caught one pass last week and his his ever since that game, ah, what was it? Was it against the Chiefs? Yeah, that the game the game against the Chiefs where he dominated. It's been a steady decline this season since then. So, I think getting Mike Williams more involved in the pass game, you know, getting him maybe 6, 7, 8 targets a game, letting him win those balls downfield. I think that would be a a big key to victory because the Philadelphia Eagles deep secondary has actually played pretty well over the last couple weeks, which is a surprise. So you need to get someone vertical. You need to uh, create space underneath and you just need to take what the defense gives you. And that's not what the Chargers did against the Patriots and it showed and they lost. So take what the defense gives you and then you're going to win football games. And I think the Chargers will come out on top over the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I had to change this pick because of the news that came out yesterday that uh, Aaron Rodgers tested positive for COVID-19 and he is not vaccinated, so he will not blah, 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 he will not be able to play on Sunday. I did have the Green Bay Packers beating the Kansas City Chiefs, but now in Jordan Love's first NFL start, not really feeling it. Never have been a big fan of Jordan Love. You guys know this from either previous draft videos or just me talking in general about Jordan Love. Don't buy it. Not a fan. Uh, I think that the Chiefs <clears throat> will look to kind of silence some of their critics and come out and and really try and th- now I said this last week too I said Patrick Mahomes revenge game uh, coming through you know I thought he was going to throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns against the Gi- the Giants that wasn't the case but I think that the Giants defense is also better than the Packers defense so maybe his revenge game could be this week. You know, after eking by a 2-5 and five team on Monday Night Football, there's a lot of people who are still major doubters of the Kansas City Chiefs. And rightfully so, the Chiefs have looked awful this year. Travis Kelsey is a shell of his of self. Once he shaved his beard, I knew he wasn't going to be as good. Uh, they need to get him back on track. They need to get him more involved in the offense. Uh, I do think that the Kansas City Chiefs will... I'm not going to say dominate because they haven't dominated anyone this year, but I think that they will come out and they will blitz. And I mean, in the offensive side, they will blitz Creek, the, the green Bay Packers defense. So I'm going to go with the chiefs solely on the fact that Aaron Rodgers is not playing. And I do not believe in rookie. Well, he, I guess he could be a rookie because he's never played Jordan love. Then moving down to an, I was going to say an intergalactic battle and a division matchup between the Arizona Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers, uh, Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if I, I believe Kyler Murray is going to play. He was limited in practice today. I think, uh, he did not practice yesterday, but 
I think that he will definitely play. And the, the San Francisco 49ers actually coming off of a pretty decent win against the, the Chicago Bears. I, I don't know, man. The Cincinnati, the Cincinnati 49ers. Guys, I sincerely apologize for how all over the place I've been this, this episode. It's just, <laughs> it's early, a little rusty. Just bear with me here. The Arizona Cardinals are coming off of their first loss and arguably should have won if A.J. Green turned his head and caught the touchdown. We would, we would be talking about the 8-0 and Arizona Cardinals, but once again, the San Francisco 49ers uh, are 3-4. and They're coming off of a good win against the Chicago Bears. The first meeting between these two teams ended 17-10 Arizona. I believe that was in San Francisco. This game is in Arizona, and I think Arizona is really going to come out and try and dominate the San Francisco 49ers. I think on both sides of the ball, on offense and defense. Now, it's funny because I saw a stat that the Arizona Cardinals secondary has given up the most touchdowns to opposing wide receivers without giving up a 100-yard game, which is kind of – I know that has really nothing to do with anything, but the, the fact that they've given, they haven't given up a 100-yard game, but they've given up 11 receiving touchdowns already this year to opposing wide receivers is kind of crazy. But – Simple key to victory here. As long as, the San, as long as the Arizona Cardinals could hold Debo Samuel to less than 100 yards, I don't see any way that the, the 49ers could beat the Arizona Cardinals. I'm rocking with the Cardinals. And then we have Sunday night football. This, golly, this would have been a lot better with Derrick Henry. We have the 6-2 Tennessee Titans against the 7-1 Los Angeles Rams. Simple to the point. Without Derrick Henry, the Tennessee Titans are really not impressive at all uh Ryan Tannehill's ability to throw without Derrick Henry in the backfield you know what I mean like like I, I worded that wrong but Ryan Tannehill's ability to draw back and throw the ball without the presence of Derrick Henry in the backfield is something completely different than with him in the backfield so I really I, I don't really expect the Los Angeles Rams to really respect the run game at all because you have uh, what was it, Jeremy McNichols, and then they signed Adrian Peterson as well. I don't even know if Adrian Peterson will play. So if not, I just expect him to throw the ball a lot. Uh, and this is Von Miller's first game with the, with the Rams, so I'm curious to see if he takes it as a shot of adrenaline and he comes out and plays like old Von Miller. Because if he plays like old Von Miller the rest of the season, the rest of the NFL have a real problem in the Los Angeles Rams, if they didn't have one already. So I'm going to go with the Rams on this one. I think that... They're very poor secondary. I mean, Matthew Stafford has thrown for 22 touchdowns and four interceptions so far this year. He's been an absolute machine. I don't expect this Tennessee Titans secondary to stop him at all. I think that Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup is definitely going to go over 1,000 yards on the season already after this game. Uh, I expect Bobby Trees, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, all those guys to have a really good game. Tyler Higby. I I'll go as far as saying that Matthew Stafford's going to have 350 and three touchdowns when it's all said and done in this game. Then we move on to the last game on the slate for the week. It is the surprise four and three Pittsburgh Steelers against the three and five Chicago Bears. Once again, sort of feels like a trap game, but uh, I picked the Chicago Bears last week and it almost worked out for me, but I think their team is just too bad to to pick again like Justin Fields is really coming into his own he's looked more and more comfortable as the weeks go on but uh I don't know and also this Pittsburgh team is tricky you know that they are awful on the offensive side of the ball but still their defense is good enough to get the job done more often than not with their four and three record indicates so I am going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers on this one the Chicago Bears 
the, their defense is bad. Their defense, if you want to talk in terms of fantasy scoring, their defense has given up a combined negative three points over the last two weeks. So, I mean, that really has nothing to do with anything, but it just means that their defense has played really bad. And offensively, Justin Fields is getting killed. I mean, TJ Watt is out there. Uh, who else? They have, they have a cu- another guy. Oh, they have um, Casey Hayward, who is a dominant force in the middle of the defense, too. It's going to be rough. I, I could I could see Justin Fields getting sacked like seven or eight times in this game. It's not going to be good for him. Not going to be pretty. So there you have it. Uh, I'll run through the picks one more time because I feel like on some of them I wasn't clear because today has been rough up until this point. Uh, Thursday Night Football, I got the Jets over the Indianapolis Colts, the 1 o'clock slate, Bengals over the Browns, uh, Cowboys over the Broncos, Dolphins over the Texans, Saints over the Falcons, Giants over the Raiders, the Patriots over the Panthers, the Bills over the Jaguars, the Ravens over the Vikings, 4 o'clock slate, the Chargers over the Eagles, the Chiefs over the Packers, and the Arizona Cardinals over the 49ers, and then Sunday Night Football, the Rams over the Titans, and Monday Night, the Pittsburgh Steelers over the Chicago Bears. So there you have it. Those are my picks. Hopefully I have a better week this week than I did last week. Seven and eight is not where I want to be. There's 14 games this week. I expect to be, by the time that we talk again, I expect to be 12 and two this week. And probably those two losses coming as the Jets and Giants. But be that as it may, I made my picks and I'm sticking with them. So thank you so much for listening today. Like I said, look out for that Yankees video that will be on YouTube. At the time of recording, it is 1030 on East Coast. It will be out by Friday, 12 o'clock, which is tomorrow, 12 o'clock. So look out for that. I'm definitely looking forward to having people comment on that one. Let me know if you watch it and you're a Yankee fan. Let me know what you think of my 10 things that the Yankees should do in the offseason. But this was NFL Week 9 Pick'em. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you next time.